and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. How are you? I hope that I am not okay. I think my video is not upside down. I'm actually sitting on the floor for this video because the one place where I can feel the fan, because I live in a tropical climate, right? Oh, I don't like the aircon, so I never switch it on. So like the one place I can always feel the fan is in the middle of this room. And it's also the place with the best lighting. So I'm like, move everything to the side and let's do this. So this is my new spot for things. Because I was not loving um, doing live classes at this time. But then it's really kind of tricky because... Now it's like, what, 6.30 p.m. in Sri Lanka, and then it's like 8 a.m. in New York, and 3 p.m. in South Africa. I think, yeah, that's, that seems like the right time. <laughs> so it's just such a challenge um, to uh, have to work with time zones at times. Yeah, so it's been that, and I've had to figure out my lighting setup. I feel like I've got a down pat though. <laughs> I know exactly where I need to position myself now moving forward. And I don't think it's kind of like a, it's not a bad view, right? <laughs> so it's like the background is like my couches and the painting. So it's not too bad. It kind of works. So anyway, welcome. There's so many people, new people in this group, and I haven't done a live video, I think, since maybe November 2020. I've been resting in December, and then, yeah, now I'm back at it, right? 
Um, yeah, so if you've just joined and you don't know who I am, my name is Vangile Makokwa, and I am the host of this Wealthy Money group, uh, the Facebook group, and I help people heal ancestral money trauma so they can fall in love with their bank accounts and live their best lives. So at any point, do feel free to interrupt me. <laughs> comment, ask questions in the live class, right? Everybody sure does. Um, and today's class, I want to talk about why budgets don't work. I know this is like January, it's a big, big thing, right? And everybody's teaching, hi, Portia, and everybody's teaching um, the practical financial things and I was just thinking that I know when I was $60,000 in debt, which at the time was about 700,000 Rand in debt before the Rand, this was the days before the Rand <laughs> was like 15 Rand to the US dollar, right? So um, what I do remember though is just being super, super stressed and thinking that there was something wrong with me, right? That I, there's something wrong with me, I lack self-discipline, I'm not able to follow things correctly, um, I shouldn't spend that much, I should um, really try my level best to um, minimize all my needs, I shouldn't even honor my needs, I should literally live on bread and water, which by the way, I tried for many years to do. Like I spent years trying not to spend a lot on food, not to spend on anything like buying the cheapest food, buying the cheapest deodorant. I just like had a flash of me looking at all the cheapest everything at shops, buying the cheapest clothes. That was my thing, like never buy new clothes or always going to the cheapest shops, always doing everything like if one thing was one cent to one penny over another, let's say we're uh, comparing deodorants or soap or I don't know, <laughs> like rice brands or whatever, you guys get it, right? I would always try to find the cheapest of the cheap every single time. I'd like want to save that five cent or five pennies. Um, I'd want to be saving that one rand or one dollar because I also lived in the States for like five years in uh, Boston. So it was like a mess. And in every country, so I had been living, so up before I even started doing this work and understanding that if this, this is not working, I lived in so many different countries like in London, in the US, uh, well, London is not a country, but the UK, and I did move around a lot in the UK. <laughs> so I, I lived um, in so many various countries, but my whole point of this is to say that in every single country, my finances didn't get better. You know, the habits that I had in one country followed me to the next country. It didn't matter if I was earning pounds or dollars or rands or a Trinidadian dollars or whatever. It, I was always me. And I took me to every country, right? And I had the same money issues in every country. 
right? And that was the, that was so problematic. And it was so frustrating because I thought that there was something seriously wrong with me. So eventually when I was $60,000 in debt and I was living in Boston, that's when I decided I'm going to pay off my debt by getting paid and spending as little as possible. Now, here's where I knew that something was wrong. I mean, apart from already having the panic attacks, right? Because <laughs> every time I would go to withdraw money from the ATM, I would have like full on panic attacks. Luckily or unluckily, I see it as a blessing that my money drama was that uh, pronounced, right? And was that intense that I started having panic attacks and that I was so depressed I couldn't get out of bed for months on end and that a lot of my friends who <laughs> now actually follow wealthy money stuff and some of them are actually in the Money Magic course had to look after me, right? They had to take care of me because I was in such bad shape. So my, so I, my issues were a little bit more intense. There was no more running away from my issues, right? But at some point, I had this bright and brilliant idea that I am going to live off a budget and the way that I'm going to pay off $60,000 in debt is I am going to cut back on all my expenses. What? Like, I am going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go shopping at the um, cheapest places and I'm no longer going to buy clothes because that was my thing. I used to love clothing shopping. Um, I'm no longer going to go and um, buy like the foods that I love, which if you, if anyone knows me, they know that food is my thing, right? Like I love, love food, right? And good food at that. So this was me like no longer eating out. I eat out uh, often, although now it's a bit of a challenge because I do have a chef, right? So that's the only reason. Otherwise, like, uh, my food just piles up in the fridge. So that actually ends up saving me money. Although at first it felt like, oh my God, this is such a huge expense. It's going to make me, it's going to lose me money. But back to my story. I ended up just like buying the cheapest of everything and eating um, basically foods that I don't like, but they're affordable, they're cheap. And the thing that really shook me, and still, I'm sorry to say this, still freaking annoys me, right? Is that I did this for months on end, and like, my finances got worse. That was the thing that didn't make sense to me. You know, I was doing everything just 100% right. I was earning the same amount of money, right? And there was a time when I just wasn't earning any money, but that's a story for another day where I didn't make money for like 12 months solid and um, my ex had to look after me. Um, that's a story for a whole other day, right? But this time I was earning money. I was doing everything that I was being told to do. And I remember looking at my debt like three, four months later and like nothing had shifted. In fact, things had gotten worse. Gotten worse because I was always thinking about money. Not having it 
always thinking, I remember, I have this image of me walking down Boston Street in Boston. It's like B-L-O-L, Boston. So I'm walking down Boston Street and I see these people eating outside at a restaurant. Remember, food is my thing. And I can, and I just remember this so clearly. Hi, Jablule. And I'm just like looking at these people eating such good food and I'm like wishing it in my body. And I remember thinking to myself, one day I'll be able to do that again, right? Because I'll have cut off my debt and everything. And then three months later, nothing moved. Needless to say, I got, I was so frustrated. At least nothing moved as fast as I wanted to, wanted it to move in terms of debt. I mean, I was $60,000 in debt. It's highly unlikely that I was going to pay off $60,000 in like three months if I didn't know what I know now, right? Without what the knowledge that I have now and the work that I've done, that was, and where I was at that point, I can tell you for free, there was just no way. But I remember looking at everything after three months, realizing that I've deprived myself of so much and literally just deciding effort and blowing up my uh, my credit cards all over again. Hi, <laughs> you say sorry, Vangile. Yeah, it, it was rough, it was rough. I mean, guys, like this is how intense my mindset was at the time, right? This is how seriously I took the budgeting issue. They, I used to live in a place called Winthrop, so um, in Boston. Winthrop, the um, train drops you off, the T, that's what it's called, drops you off at a particular stop. Then you get on the bus and the bus can drop you off at home, right? So, and the bus was $1. This is a very true story. I spent like three to six months not taking the bus, especially in the summer, because I could save a dollar every time. A dollar going to the train station and a dollar coming back from the train station, right? So it was better for me to walk and walking was not so bad. I mean, it was like 25 minutes, so 20 to 25 minutes. But that's my whole point is that I don't want to walk every day right and so now you can imagine after going through that and then looking at your credit cards and your bank statements and things are not moving like you're still in the same amount of debt you a bit like you have felt it in your soul like i've been walking like 40 to 50 minutes a day, right, to and fro. I've been giving up my favorite foods, my favorite restaurants. I've basically been in the giving up game. And not only that, but things are getting worse. Not only are things getting worse, here's where the thing, the thing that also tripped me up. My income, which was already very little at the time, right, um, was already getting, was getting affected because I was making money from drips and drabs in freelancing and all other things, right? And it was just, and then it started getting even affect, even that got affected. I started making less money. I was like, 
what is this? I'm trying to <laughs> finally found the live session. Hi, Bukilo. Did you go to the student group? Shane, please go into the student group. I'm sure the Money Magic students are like freaking out and like, well, where's the course? Tell them it's in the larger group, <laughs> right? Where's the live class? Tell them it's in the larger group. I should have actually posted in there and told them that. Um, thanks, Bukilo. So, yeah. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, I couldn't understand what was happening. So my whole thing was, why is this thing not working? Um, of course, I didn't, at the time, I didn't go as deep into that. I had yet to have the deeper panic attacks and everything that would lead me down the journey of wealthy money. But I remember just taking all those credit cards that I had been so intent on paying off and I went and I blew those credit cards. I mean, I was frustrated, right? So I was just like, I deserve a treat for sticking to this budget for like three to four months, depriving myself. Do you guys want to know what I did? The very things that I had deprived myself of doing. I remember going shopping. <laughs> I think I went to H&M. I know I went to Marshalls. Um, I went to TJ Maxx. I basically, oh, and I also went to Macy's and I went like, to town. I got myself a whole new closet. Um, I went to eat out at all those restaurants that I'd been promising myself that I would go to eventually. Basically, and guess what? Like what I spent on my credit cards just set me way further back than where I was three or four months ago, right? And this is what often happens with most of us. And we don't understand what is happening. I'll be honest, when all this was happening, I was like, the only explanation for this is that I'm bewitched. I'll, yeah, that's, I truly believe that. I was like, somebody somewhere has bewitched me because this does not make sense. Why would I do this to myself after promising myself that I wouldn't, after basically committing to changing my standing habits and being debt free? But then I saw that this happens often in money, but it's not unique to money. If you think about it, it's the same kind of mindset that we take into diets, right? How many of us have done the diet, right? We were like, I am going to eat healthy for like a good 30 days, two months. I'm going to lose the weight. Then you lose the weight and you just go ham, right? So my thing, the difference was that my thing wasn't diets. It wasn't food. My thing was money, right? So we often do that. And yet this is the, uh, this is the teaching that we are taught over and over. Even though we see that it doesn't work, we are taught that we need self-discipline. Just like whenever I hear people are being told that you need self-discipline with food, you need to um, go on this diet and then people get frustrated and the next thing you're like having like a whole blow up party with your favorite foods, which I'm in support of, by the way, <laughs> you know, and you're just like having a blast and people are like, what happened to the diet? Well, a lot of that has to do with willpower, right? And the fact that willpower is extremely limited, right? And it's the same thing with budgets. It's like, 
they're asking us to use willpower and it's extremely limited. So the first thing why I'm going to talk about why budget don't, budgets don't work is I'm going to talk about um, decision-making fatigue, right? So if we're already under financial strain and then we have very little money to work with um, to begin with, you know, at the end of the month, all the creditors have taken whatever they've taken. We have all these family responsibilities. Then we sit down, then we go into shops and we have to do shopping. There's such a thing. You guys can go to the Wealthy Money blog and just type in search decision making fatigue or else just go online and Google it. It's um, behavioral economics term. So let me just explain the, the background quickly, quickly. So in behavioral economics, um, which is a branch of economics where, unlike normal economics, they're trying to look at people's behaviors and explaining why people behave rationally. Normal economics and finance assumes that human beings behave uh, rationally and they will always follow financial, rational financial decisions. But behavioral economics says humans are humans and uh, all sorts of things will interfere with rationality, right? So we won't always behave logically. Case in point, so why would I, knowing everything that, has ha that I've gone through for four months, like walking to the train station, depriving myself of food, all sorts of things. I mean, my friends were buying me food. This is how committed I was to this thing. Hey, they would come to my house and be like, what you eating? Nope, I'm on this plan of economics. People like my friends would go and buy me food and be like, this cannot be healthy, right? So what would happen or what often happens for most of us is that we get tired by having to constantly make decisions and how behavioral um how um decision making fatigue can also be employed in terms of finance or the diet culture or slash the budgeting culture is this concept of willpower basically in essence what what this theory says is your willpower runs dry. You get tired of always having to use willpower. Like every single time I have to stop myself from eating the chocolate or, or spending money on something, that is me using willpower to physically stop this, right? To physically stop myself from taking the action. And if I do this often enough in a day and I'm not resting, my mind is going to get tired and eventually my mind is going to say, F it, I'm done. You know, so think of willpower as your gatekeeper, right? So every time I'm like using willpower, it's going down. I'm like, think of it as maybe I've got Five, like 50 points for the day for willpower. And every time I have to make a decision and I use my decision-making uh, uh, faculties or I use my willpower faculties, these points go down, go down, go down, go down until I get to zero. Then when I'm at zero, right? So maybe I've been looking and comparing, um, uh, oh my God, this is how much I... Um, Conflicts cost this much and 
all bran flakes or oatmeal cost this much. So um, this one is cheaper. Let me buy that one. Every time I do that for every single decision around money, my willpower and my decision-making faculties are being eroded until I get to zero, right? And so many of us, then I go past the clothing shop, right? Go past some clothing shop and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see a Versace bag. Like, oh my gosh, I see a coach bag. I love coach bags, right? So then it's like, oh my God, I see a coach bag or I see a Michael Kors bag or whatever the heck the bag is, right? Or shoes, if shoes are your thing or dresses, if dresses are your thing. Guess what you're going to do? The decision-making faculties are now like at almost zero, right? Because you've been using them for everything throughout the day to make decisions, willpower. Oh my God, I cannot spend this money. I can't spend this money. I can't do this. So that's an, your entire willpower is eroded. So then it feels like this is where for me, it felt like I was bewitched, right? Because here I am, I just budgeted like crazy on this one thing. And then I walk past what is a super, super expensive shoe shop or bag shop or whatever. I go in and then I swipe my credit card on that, right? And that is like way, way more money than what I've spent on groceries. Let me know if this resonates with you guys, right? So... The reason why that is happening is because of we are fatigued and we've been using willpower. So willpower will always at some point run out, right? And that's why for most of us, we, this explains also why most of us can stay on the budget for maybe two, three weeks. And then right before payday, we go ham. You know, or we can be good for like three, four months and then something happens, our willpower gets eroded, like, and especially when big life events happen that require us to utilize a lot of our decision-making faculties. Maybe something is going on at home and you're required to help and step in. Then you're like, oh my God, the budget is blown to smithereens. Now I'm just stress eating. Why? Because all your decision-making faculties and your entire willpower has now been, is now being utilized on this particular thing. It's not being utilized. Now you have very little left for this, right? So now something is happening at home. Gunam can be a celebration. Now like you are fully required to be there. Everything. Ah, uh, the budget is gone. Now you're just spending like it's going out of fashion. Like you just don't understand if you've been clean eating and doing the healthy thing. You're just like, that's it. Because now everything is, you are required there, right? And it's taking all your energy. So you don't have the capacity for this other thing on the side, which is your finances and which is your, or, and or your diet, your exercise, your whatever, right? Because you've been using willpower. Now, here's the thing. The emphasis to willpower, contrary to popular belief, isn't exactly affirmations or visualization, right? It's more around shifting. We want to get to a space with our finances 
where we're not even having to use willpower, right? Where it's just within us, where it's happening automatically that I'm just stay, I'm just using money in a particular way, where it's not, where it doesn't change because things are happening around the world that are stressing us. And this is probably, this is one of those times, right? In the middle of a pandemic, there's a lot of loss, there's a lot of grieving, there's a lot of uncertainty. So for most of us, we may even be thinking, what the heck is going on? Why are all my normal routines falling apart? A lot of that is because once we, this is because of trauma. And now I will talk, I'm going to share, let me just read the comments and then I'm going to answer the comments and I'll share how trauma basically eats willpower for breakfast, right? Especially when we are heavily triggered, right? So when we are triggered and when uh, we haven't worked with our traumas, like our willpower cannot um, work against that because we will often be hijacked by the traumatized parts of us that we haven't healed. So let's see. Uh, Chablila, you say, I've experienced this many times. Thanks for the explanation. Yep, Posha, you say, I resonate with this. Uh, Makohara, you say, Thank you for this. I usually last two weeks and my willpower gets eroded. You're speaking to me. So um, a lot of that is also, so we're going to talk about why willpower gets eroded, right? Because I think this is super important, especially in a world that works a lot with willpower, which is an extremely, I don't know if I'm even right, but for me, it feels like a very... <laughs> Uh, old school masculine way of doing things and pushing through. It's the same push through culture, right? And ultimately we don't want push through culture. I mean, you can, at some point you have to push through, but, um, yeah, we want to just work a lot more with, I'm a big part, I'm a big believer in let's integrate trauma and integrates the part of our, integrate the parts of us that are just not working and that are causing a lot of havoc, right? So what often happens with, um, with self-deprivation? So before I even go into trauma, let's talk about what self-deprivation is, right? So most of us tend to think that a budget is about self-denial. A budget is not about self-denial. I promise you guys, right? So I've just shared my entire story of self-denial and self-deprivation. It didn't work out well for me, right? And I'm guessing that it hasn't worked out well for a lot of people. And in fact, it caused more issues. Noni, say thank you for sharing. It's such a pleasure. Um, oh, no, 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 see, sorry. Oh, there's a no, no, see in the, in the money magic steering group. Sorry, no, no, see. Uh, so, um, okay. So where was I? Yes, so with self-deprivation, and this is something that it seems very like, obviously, if I deny myself food, <laughs> then, and I stop myself from spending more money, then I will have more money to spend. Yeah, right? Except how many of us in the world operate from this paradigm and from this mindset, and how many of us have, how, how has it worked for any of us? Right? So 
Lungi you say thanks, Ven. Everything you're saying is making so much sense. And Talagale is saying doing a budget is becoming extremely horrible and a daunting task. Yeah, because like honestly, if you think about what a budget is, right? A budget we have all been taught is only spend your money on needs. Guys, this even feels icky when you say that, right? So think about it. How do you feel? Just be honest with yourself. How does it feel when somebody tells you, go to work for eight hours a day, five days a week, four weeks in a month, and only spend your money on needs, right? only on needs. You're not allowed to have fun. You can't have a massage. You can't have your favorite coffee. You can't have your favorite tea. And then they say, do this up until retirement. So now if you are 20 or 25 or 35, if you're 35, do it for another 30 years. If you're 25, do it for another 40 years. Logically speaking, do you think you could do this consistently for 40 years? Also, in an age where you've got people like on Instagram, on Facebook, sharing, oh my gosh, just had a latte, just did this, just did that. No, right? And it also, I would be angry, right? Not I would be, I know I was angry. The angriest person around money. I don't know if I was the angriest person around money, but trust me, I ranked right up there with money and frustration. Anger, frustrated, and anxious, right? So those were my common emotions. So what often happens with self-deprivation is that it will trigger us, right? And it is normal that it should trigger us because we're actively saying, Lungi, you say it sounds painful, honestly. It does. And yet this is the message that everybody has been sending down to us. Right? And I'm like, uh, I don't see how this is going to work. People are working super hard. They're stressed, all sorts of things. But the idea is never, ever give yourself pleasure. So what we're actually being taught often with self-deprivation is how do you erase your wants and your needs? Portia, you're saying it would be so painful. Yeah. So actually, we're constantly being taught how not to own your desires, how not to own your wants, how not to own your deepest needs, right? And then most of us are shocked that we are so dissociated from our bodies because it's within our bodies that we are able to feel our wants, we are able to feel our needs, we are able to feel our desires. So what we have to do in order to survive such a philosophy is we have to shut down. We have to numb ourselves. We have to deny our sensations in our bodies. We have to figure out how to constantly override our emotions. Like, oh, you're going to work. You don't like your job. Override. Just power through it, but your spirit is telling you something, your soul is telling you something, but this is what we've been taught. And we're one, and then we wake up one day and we wonder why we have so many health issues, why we're struggling with depression, why we're struggling with so much, so much emotionally. Because we've been numbing out forever, right? And every time we numb out, we're refusing to process the trauma. 
right? And there is, trust me, there is a trauma to constantly denying your own needs and being logical, to constantly denying your own wants and being logical. And often for most, for some of us, it comes out in the most extreme that we don't even feel our bodies. We're just living from the head up right from the neck up we're all about intellectual and everything but we don't really know how to go into the body and feel exactly what the body is saying right and because of that we have also because the body never lies and the body sends us messages what trauma also does is it erases our gut instinct because anyway we don't feel right so we can't and we're constantly being taught to override our gut oh um this job doesn't feel right for me but oh it's going to make me lots of money let me just override that gut feeling and then when it goes through and then when we're going through how six months later we're like but what happened right well we've been overriding our gut feelings our gut told us this was not the place for us but we have learned so much that we've been taught that we need to override our own wisdom in order to I don't know, in order to get ahead, in order to make more money. So this is the problem, right? So this is the danger with this constant philosophy of only catering to the bare minimum needs, right? Only catering to the bare minimum wants, only catering to while well, not even catering to your desires because if you cater to your desires then oh my god you are an awful person because you're overspending money now here's the ironic thing that i have found with a lot of the money magic students can um can attest to this right and give testimony to this is that actually when we honor our wants our needs and our desires and we do the work of healing and going into the body and starting to heal and well actually the right word is integrate trauma and traumatic memories into our nervous system something magical happens it's like the money stretches stretches in a way right or we suddenly our gut kicks in because now we can hear it and now our gut knows how to intuitively use money in a way that will make it last until month end you know because we're no longer shutting down so the issue with budgets actually goes deeper than just with the budgets and this idea of i need to not do this i need to not honor this i need to not honor that because it will cost me lots of money and it will take me out of budget that thinking often causes us to shut down physically and in shutting down physically not feeling our bodies we also shut down intuitively and we don't feel our gut and our gut is often the sensations in our body it's not just our actual gut it's that the entire body gives us a message right our entire body is constantly communicating with us and letting us know if something is on point or off right so and we will know but because we are so out of it and we're trying to do the right thing it is costing us not just financially but in 
so many areas of our lives because it's not that we're just shutting down our entire nervous system and feeling our bodies, right? Well, you never shut down your entire nervous system. It's often on edge for most of us, but we're not, it's not that we're just shutting down from feeling our bodies around money. We're shutting down from feeling our bodies, period. Because if I suddenly have this desire um, during ovulation that, oh my gosh, I need to go eat at my favorite and most expensive restaurant. Oh my gosh. And then, but it's out of budget. Like my budget doesn't agree with that. And then I shut down and get practical. Guess what? <laughs> right? I'm not going to feel like I'm going to keep shutting my body even during this important time of ovulation, which is one of our most intuitive times as women, right? So it's not just affecting our finances. It's affecting every part of our finances, every part of our lives, actually. So... Alunya, you say, I watched my mom live like that, and it's not, fa it's not fair, Van. She should be able to get a massage without feeling guilty. Yeah, and that's the other thing, right? Like, oh, the guilt is a whole other kettle of fish, which I'm not going to go into. So, Boipilo, you say, what, what is the best approach, especially when you are in a tight position? How do we find the balance? Good, I'll answer that. And then, Kiriboni, you say, oh, gosh, talk about work and numbing and overriding. That is true for me. Oh, sending you deep hugs, Kiriboni. Hi, uh, Kiriboni. So, oh, okay, so how do we do this? Oh my gosh, I wish I had my water bottle here. But let's, <laughs> let me think. Okay, so just ordering my thoughts, right? Like I teach this all day, every day. I can go in like a gazillion different directions. The Money Magic students can tell you there are many layers to this thing. So which one do I want to address, Jane? Okay, so how do you address this, right? So the first thing is a literally <laughs> letting go of what we've been taught. I know this is the scariest thing, right? And I promise you, when I started teaching this work years ago, I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, people are going to hate me. They're never going to see the benefits of what I teach. And yet, Thousands of students later in the bank account challenge, I can truly say this works, right? So um, one of the first things that we have to do is to start working on healing, right? It's about healing versus utilizing willpower. Here's what will happen, right? Here's why willpower doesn't work in the face of trauma. Let's assume that uh, my, okay, so today I've been working a lot with my eight-year-old self, my eight-year-old inner child who's trying to integrate some uh, trauma. But like, um, let's assume you've got eight-year-old me who learned that money will always run out before the end of the month, right? And who learned that it is not safe to have money. So on top of money will run out, it's that every time the adults had money in the house, maybe there were fights amongst the adults, right? Like I saw my mom being beaten up because she wouldn't help were in the family, by not by anyone, but her own family members, right? If she says no and she has money and they know she has money, then it follows violence. So the one way to stay safe was she eventually 
eventually got rid of all her money. So she didn't have any money and there would be no violence because if I say I don't have money and people can see I don't have money, there's no violence. So now you've got actually, let's say that's 13 year old me. So that's a 13 year old version, version of me that learns that, that to remain physically safe in this world, you must not have money right and then i also want to have savings and money in my bank account adult me can use willpower all the time right for uh, to make sure that that money remains in the savings account but one day something is going to happen my sister's going to call me with um something and be like hey our business our real estate um investing concept needs this now we need to do this we need to do this now all my decision making power goes towards the real estate in uh the real estate investing business right I am now no longer focused on saving and using willpower to save. Now, guess what happens? This part of me, this 13-year-old version of me that is within me and is constantly triggered every time I use money is going to now remember, oh my God, not only does she have savings in the bank, now she's investing and she wants to make more money from investing. <gasps> oh my God, disaster. This is not safe. The only way for me, a 13-year-old me, to remain safe is to get rid of money because, well, more money equals more leads to violence and family members that don't like you if they say no. So not only, and it's not often going to be that straight line of logic, right? It's going to be more money means one day people will know I'm making more money, then they will ask me to fulfill some family obligation and responsibilities. If I say no to those family obligations and responsibilities, everybody's going to get mad at me. And this is 13 year old me, right? And she's like, oh, what the heck? And then, um, and then maybe they'll beat me up like they did with my mother. Oh my God, how do I keep myself safe? Well, go into the retrieval files of my memories. How my mother kept herself safe was, let me just get rid of all the money so that people have nothing to ask of me. Okay, that's exactly what needs to be done. And then these parts of me, and in psychology they're called, or therapy, they're called sub-personalities, right? Like... This is not woo-woo, there's like, it's an actual science of psychology, right? Where they talk about sub-personalities. I just work, I just do my work and my research more deeply and in particular around money, right? So then this 13-year-old self of me, uh, this 13-year-old version of mine, the sub-personality, what are they going to do? Because more money now represents more people asking me for money, right? And more responsibilities and having to say no. They are going to try and keep me safe in the only way that they know how, by getting rid of money. So without me even understanding what the heck is happening, here I am trying to grow one business and working super hard to make that happen, right? Um, as hard as my version of hard is, right? Making like putting all my energy and efforts into that. But somehow I start bleeding money. 
Money starts leaving my bank account in incredible ways. Suddenly I've got emergencies. The car breaks down. The geezer breaks down. Oh, these are all typical things that used to happen to me before I figured out what the heck was happening, right? In the money magic course, we call it bleeding money, right? So all these, so this part of me is literally, oh, suddenly um, people that have never asked me for money are now calling me and asking me for money. Friends that have never been in my business are calling and asking me to help them with money. So literally, it's just like money is just like water suddenly in my hands. What happened? All I did was turn my attention to this one aspect of my life to make more money. And yet now I'm bleeding money. Right now I'm getting rid of money. And not only that, suddenly it feels like I can't like I have to, everything requires me to spend money, right? Everything is happening and requiring me to spend money. What it is, is that the traumatized version of you. So Buipilo, you said, I bled, so, I bled so much money in the past year. Yeah. And often the bleeding of money is triggered by the having of more money, right? Like by the starting of the new business, by the, um, I don't know, the inheritance, by something, right? Because it goes beyond a certain money set point. I'll talk about set points next week, right? Uh, but for now, just know that there is a thing as a money set point, right? So it goes beyond a money set point that we already have for ourselves. So Pumla, you say, I will it will come back tenfold, my love. <laughs> yeah, so Vipilo says, yeah, so Vipilo, listen to Pumla, you are in the Money Magic student group, right? So um, I'll share what you do, right? So in that case, it's really, really hard to stem the bleeding of money because it's not, on the surface, it seems like this is a practical thing. But what do you do about emergencies that just come out of the blue? Or you just don't understand why you are suddenly triggered to spend money at such a fast pace. By the way, this also explains why in, um, if you're South African, you've probably seen I Blew It, right? If you've seen the show I Blew It, you now have an, a basic idea of what's happening. Someone wins like 13 million rand or a million dollars from the lottery. And then you're like, how do they spend it in two years? And how do they make those decisions? And then some people will even say, I don't remember. Truly, they don't remember because they've been hijacked by the traumatized part of themselves, right? They've been hijacked by the 13-year-old. A 13-year-old, and here's what happens when we are in that state, when the younger versions of us hijack us. Now you've got a 13-year-old, in my case, often, a 13 or a 14-year-old who is making decisions, big financial decisions. And now they're going to keep because they are hijacking you until they feel safe enough to stop hijacking you, right? So they hijack your psyche, basically. And so you no longer feel safe. So now you've got a 13-year-old or a 4-year-old making grown-up decisions. This is why people will be like, oh, my God, this person got 
this amount of money and they went and they bought four Jaguars in four different colors. Yeah, because a 14-year-old thinks four Jaguars in four different colors is an amazing thing. They love that. They've always dreamt of that, right? Or you like, someone bought a candy store. They won the lottery and they bought a candy store. What the heck? And they bought all these labels. Well, Think about what children and teenagers love and what they buy. That gives you an idea of how people, what age, like what version or what age the um, sub-personality that has hijacked this person is, right? Like, so it gives you an idea, right? So in that case, what we do, this is where the trauma work becomes super super critical, right? We go in to heal the various parts of us that have been, that are carrying trauma around money. And here's the crazy thing about trauma. I cannot say what your trauma is. And I see most people will say, I carry money trauma and my money trauma comes from A, B, C, D. No. Yes, maybe, right? But often it's the things that we're not even aware of. Right? It's the times, it could be such a small incident as my mother was cooking food in the kitchen and my father walked in and started demanding food at month end and screaming that he gave her money. Right? Why is he not getting meat? To a little child, that can be something that is so violent and so hard to digest. And if the argument escalates, it becomes even harder. So trauma isn't a big life event, right? Trauma is an event that happens so fast that it couldn't be integrated or digested, right? Or processed by us in our nervous system. Or another way to describe trauma is an event that was so overwhelming to us, not because the event itself was so big and overwhelming, but that the event was so overwhelming to us at that point that we couldn't easily process it. Again, just like the meat incident, right? It could be something as small as a two-year-old being shouted at the store, shouted at at the store for wanting a Barbie doll. Something that simple. I have seen students cry about incidents like that for days because like the two-year-old didn't know how to process this. So now you, as you're working through trauma, you're processing it and you're crying. It's not the adult you that's necessarily crying. It's that the two-year-old you now gets to cry because they were, they didn't know how to process that. It was like, oh, I'm so shocked. Like, what do I do? Like, what's going on? Right? And all these memories stay in our nervous system. And every time we work with money, they are being triggered. Or every time we try to up level or save more, they are being triggered. Right? So the real, so I couldn't even tell you, even if you told me your entire life story right now, what your trauma is. I could guess, right? I'm very good at that, right? Also because I've done this work with hundreds of people. So I know, so I have an idea of things, right? But all of us are so different. So I cannot tell you what your trauma is. And often what we think our trauma is, 
is not it. It's not just that. It's, it's, I think it's the most subtle of things that we are not aware of. So what we do is we start working on healing and integrating our trauma. And to do that, even though we're working with sub-personalities, we work with the nervous system, right? We do exercises that are somatic exercises with the intention of going into the nervous system to meet the parts of us that are carrying these traumas. And I want to say that this is daily work. Hey guys, like I said, just today I'm dealing with with my traumatized eight-year-old. How long have I been doing this money work? It's not that it's not working. In fact, it's been working, right? It's just that every new up-level triggers a new part of me that I didn't even know was there and there's new layers and memories and everything so this is why we do this right so the way that I work is I prefer to work with well most trauma practitioners will work with the body so it's not like I have a preference or I have much of a choice right so we work with the body and I combine meditations and the body right and going into the body to um uh, to work uh, to really start meeting those parts of us and when it comes to budgets and bank accounts I have the five day fall in love with your bank account challenge where I work directly with the sensations in the body and help you figure out how to connect with whatever the emotions that are being carried by the sensations to go into your body to feel the emotions to feel the memories I use a combination of breath work ear tea tapping meditations and um and also working with the actual bank account itself we have to look at the bank account and work with the bank account and instead of a budget i teach people how to spend differently you know so i have a tool where i teach people how to spend differently but I also, um, that they can use just using their breath and the sensations in their body. But I truly believe the most effective has always been go working with the body. So since 2020, I've added a lot more to the bank account challenge, which is breath work, which is, um, EFT tapping, which is meditations, really working with meeting the various, uh, parts of ourselves so that we can start to integrate the trauma that they carry in particular around spending. So the bank account challenge focuses not on income, not on anything. My focus is on spending and making sure that people can have a little bit more money in their bank accounts and changing their spending habits, right? So that is the entire focus. And again, this is like work that you do daily i tell people that yes we do a once a quarter i do a live session so for five days i do the bank account challenge with the students but the bank account challenge is always open for registration right and what we do in the challenge in those five days is we work together and then we do the live classes we do live meditations we do live breath work we do live eft tapping i answer questions directly we work on very specific things that the students are dealing with and whatever is coming up around the trauma and then what happens 
It feels like magic. <laughs> I call it magic, but I also understand what is happening psychologically, right? Or I don't know, <laughs> healing in the healing plane is that because those parts of ourselves are no longer freaked out, they can start to come down around us having money and around us managing money because they're no longer freaked out. We no longer have to employ willpower to keep them in check. Remember willpower and the point system? So we're no longer losing points from not employing willpower right and so and because we're not operating from that we're now able we're starting to feel more into our bodies and starting to feel our sensations and incidentally we use the body to change our spending habits so when we go into shops i talk you through how do you go into the body right to start working with the body to start changing your spending habits right and from there just from doing that and feeling into your body like your nervous system starts to uh, can start to come down can start to feel relaxed the traumatized parts of you start to feel heard you're no longer at war with them using willpower and even when you are focusing on this thing on this new income thing you no longer have to worry about bleeding money right so you can just and it this is where i feel ease comes into play because i'm no longer fighting the various versions of me so when i focus on one thing around increasing income i can definitely focus on that thing that's all that my attention requires. So if this is resonating with you, the bank account challenge opens for um, is open for registration right now. It is always open for registration. Check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash bank account. Again, check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash bank account. You get access to all the previous bank account challenges that we've done, especially the challenges from 2020. And you get access to all future live bank account challenges that we will do. You get worksheets, you get meditations, you get tons and tons of classes. As I speak, there's probably at least 15 hours of videos and meditations and everything in that, um, in the challenge on the course site. And you get access to a secret challenge Facebook group, right? So again, go to wealthy-money.com forward slash bank account challenge. We start on January 27th this time and we will end on January 31st for this particular live challenge. And you guys can go on the website. You'll be able to see what other people have said about the challenge. I know that some people that are watching this have seen people talk about the challenge, rave about the bank account challenge before feel free to ask me any questions i know that there are some comments so before i say goodbye let uh, ask me any questions so if you have any questions about trauma money the bank account challenge now's the time to ask them uh, before i say goodbye right so um oh so um Moteba, you say, uh, Moteba, you say, I have, I bleed a lot of money every time I have something saved up and emergency comes up. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, that could also be, so this is, 
one thing that I've explained, right? Because trauma is so layered. So I've explained one thing of why budgets may not work on this one particular thing. There is also the small part, the small side of, or should I say the bigger issue of vows and I also want to say your money set point. And sometimes our money set point is directly linked to the vows that we have made within um, our families and with uh, to our parents and all that, right? So I'll explain money set point like a set point, like I said, next week. So Jablila, you said, I bled a lot of money when I was going through divorce. I have never recovered since. Oh, I'm sending you so much hug. Right, I'm sending you deep hugs. So Jabli Lem, the big thing to um I know that you're you're in the money magic course, right? So my whole thing is I would go back, I would maybe do lesson seven meditations in the money magic course. Um go to lesson seven and what I was gonna say, uh which which uh one of the lessons in lesson seven. So in lesson seven, there's the meditations around triggers. You have to figure out what is it about divorce. So when you do that meditation on triggers, let it uh, go back, ask in the meditation uh, to go, ask your guide to take you back to the divorce when you started bleeding money. And then you need to talk to that version of you and find out what is it that was triggered from this life or another life in the divorce that caused the bleeding of money, right? Because um, there's definitely something that the divorce triggered something deeper or triggered uh, the parts of you that, want, that are now trying to keep you safe by getting rid of money. So, I mean, I, I can um, theorize on what I think may have happened, but yeah, I don't think that's going to help either one of us because it will just be theory, right? So Duchess, you say, um, I'm currently struggling with obtaining um, my money a lady borrowed last year, mid-November, when she was faced with her son's hospital medical emergency, but don't know what to do anymore. Whew. Okay, so that's like another story, like borrowing people money. Yeah, because the other thing is that Here's the thing, right? Often people borrow money and they borrow money because they don't have the money to begin with, right? But then often what happens is that uh, we tend to, as humans, a very human thing, is that we tend to believe that tomorrow will be better or next month will be miraculously better, right? But then next month isn't better. So if the lady in question doesn't have her own finances in order and really doesn't have the money, it's going to be hard to recoup that money. Um, I think that the best advice that people have given um, over the years is don't borrow money that you can't afford to lose. A lesson that I have unfortunately learned time and time and uh, again. So sending you deep hugs, Duchess. So you're saying I'm currently, oh, okay, I've already read that. 
Oh, and you say you're stuck with her silent treatment. Yeah, like most people don't know because we haven't been taught how to communicate about money and how to actively say that I don't have the money or things didn't go the way that I planned and there's so much shame around not having money. Most people instead fall silent where money is concerned. They don't know how to communicate around money and not having money, right? Um, I was one of those people for years. It's an actual thing that I had to learn how to communicate around money, right? I was one of those people for years and I did that a lot with debt collectors, right? When people would be calling me, they would be on private number. I would never answer a private number because it would be debt collectors because I didn't know how to have money conversations without feeling uncomfortable or awkward, right? So I'm um, not making excuses for her, right? <laughs> also, it could be that she just doesn't want to pay back the money, right? All of which is just problematic. So all of that is problematic. So Anna, you say, hi, so glad to be connected. Um, and Anna, you say, hi, so how does one keep up with uh, budget? Because I lack discipline on, in that area. Anna, have you watched the entire class that I've just given? Because I just explained that uh, discipline will never work with a budget. Your discipline will only work for a few months. Trust me on this. It, unless you have immense willpower, right? And unless you put in systems, like lots and lots of systems in place, that could also help. But like, yeah, this is, I will never teach anyone to be disciplined with the budget because discipline is willpower, right? Willpower and discipline are just the thing that we interchange. It's not about discipline. The problem is really not discipline. So Jablila, you say, I will do so. And Anna, you say, in the past, I was also in a trap in Ponzi schemes wherein I lost more than 300,000 uh, rand. How do I avoid that in the past? Okay, so Anna, again, a lot of that, I cannot, ex I can't tell you how to avoid that, right? Because if there's a part of you that is actively trying to uh, have you get rid of money because they don't feel safe with you having more money than, I don't know, whatever your set, your money set point is. What will happen is that that part of you, until it has been worked with and healed, will always find a way of getting rid of money, even in Ponzi schemes. That's actually one of the common ways that we also lose money, is in Ponzi schemes, is in get rich quick schemes, not because we're, um, as many people tend to think, oh, we're greedy or we want to get rich quick. No, it's because there's a part of us that is literally trying to keep us safe by getting rid of money. So Anna, uh, my recommendation to you is start from, if you haven't, I'm guessing that you haven't watched this video from the start. Watch it from the very beginning and um, see some of the explanations that I give around trauma and why we get rid of money or why we bleed money. And that may um, make some sense to you and give you an understanding as to why 
everybody is walking around talking about how they lack discipline with money when really the issue is not discipline with money, not even, right? Because it's the same thing as when you say, I lack discipline with eating. I can't see uh, my favorite chocolate cake and not go, uh, not go and eat it. That's not the problem. You know, there's so much more there, right? This is merely our behavior is mainly a symptom of something deeper. Right, and I promise you, I see it often. Heal the heal the cause, the symptom disappears. You know, it's just. I know it sounds easy, but I promise you, healing trauma and doing the inner work is far from easy. Right? It's like it requires us to deal with things that we don't want to deal with. So, do you know what you say? Better late than never. Hello, everyone. Hi, Dineo, and bye, Dineo. Bye, guys. Again, if this resonated with you and you feel like Anna, you say, "Oh, okay, yes, I wasn't connected from the beginning," or watch and thank you. Yeah. Definitely watch from the beginning. Um, my thing is, yes, I will teach you the practical stuff in the bank account challenge and in the money magic course. But everyone, like one of my clients said it best, right? It's like, she said, I don't, Van, you help me get out of debt without ever once making me draw up a budget. It was never about the debt, you know? And I know one of my other clients, Pumla, is on here. She's been commenting. Pumla has gotten out of debt never once in our coaching sessions in the last five months did she and I do anything with debt and budgets. Not even once. We just worked on the inner stuff. That stuff, and then it was like, go do your own thing. Go look at the, uh, uh, the bank account challenge, draft your spending manifesto, and then go do, uh, watch my video on how you pay off debt, and then just follow those instructions. That's the easy part, trust me. The practical stuff, because we all know what a budget is. There's nothing that I'm going to teach you here that's new around a budget. A budget will always be your income less your expenses, right? That's what it is. Uh, I don't have a new definition for it. How I do things, though, in terms of spending manifestos and how I work with budgets is slightly different, but it's based on also working with the body. So, yeah, guys, let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to post in the comments after this. Or else just hit me up in uh, my DMs, in inbox. I will catch you later. I will do another live video next Sunday. I'll put a note because I sometimes forget <laughs> to do a video on money set points because that will also start to help us understand why we don't go beyond a certain saving amount in our bank accounts, why we tend to stay the same amount of money in our bank accounts no matter how much we earn, right? So have a blessed evening um, and do check out the bank account challenge. I look forward to doing the challenge with you guys live on the starting from January 27th. Check it out. I'll put the link uh, in the description of this video as well. It's wealthy-money.com forward slash bank account. Cheerio. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.